Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Hello, Janice, you coming in? Yeah, I don't know where Janice is. Um, she's she's late. We, we've been waiting. So our, our guest, Janice McPherson, is uh, she's here. I'm, I'm seeing her through the podcast booth window. We're not sure why she's not coming. But she in. hasn't Hopefully. walked through. She's just chatting is as if this is no big deal. Um, she does have pizza in her hand. Well, um, that yeah, I'm just looking at my clock here. It's uh, yeah, she's just hanging out, talking to Tim, our engineer, uh, oddly, who's not engineering either, just socializing <laughs> with the guests. Um, it's oddly not. Janice, we're ready for you. <laughs> there we go. Uh, I think we got her attention. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we did. Okay. And and uh, yeah, there we go. We're, we're, we're good to go. Uh, okay, she is coming in now. She's coming in now. She's, she's, she's late. She's I don't got, know why she's, she's so late. Really, she's late. She's so she's incredibly, incredibly late. late. Yeah. Um, Janice, how so are we're, you? We're live. Janice, we're live. Well, you recognize we've been, we've we're, been doing we are, this we are, podcast Janice, for like eight Janice minutes. Janice doesn't believe us, but we are it. recording right now. But we, do we have a spot for... Where's we our, do. It's way... It's way every, <laughs> okay, listen. How about this? Janice, you sit here. Come. Okay. We're loose. Okay, sit right there, and Dave, you start the interview, and I'm going to fix this a little bit. Hello, Janice. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. So, is this everything you expected to be? I wasn't expecting to be late <laughs> <laughs> or live. No, and then the backstory to that for our listeners is that you are not late at all. In fact, mm-hmm. you you emailed us a couple times, and you would be much more organized than either one of us. Okay. And 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 so that's why we're having fun with it. So we and you came early, but we were busy finishing up our last interview. So we thought, and as you were waiting, we started this. Um, and the nice thing is, Janice, like the funny thing in my mind, and it's only probably funny to me, but but Janice said, well, what do you guys? want to talk about and we emailed and whatever you want to talk about Janice but there's a whole bunch of things we could talk about and you said you're no help to me <laughs> right is how you yeah, yeah. Right. and then and then you then you emailed today you said 1 30 or 2 30 and I said yes sounds good because I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm trying oh, to read her email I thought you responded he responded to yours but yours came after his <laughs> so you didn't even read <laughs> No, but I, I did it purposely to sound like you're no help to me, right? You know what I mean? Like it was, I'm just building on that, right? So, See, but I didn't have a chance to tell you that till just now because I was like, I was laughing to myself and I thought, it's really not that funny. Well, that was but, an added bonus though because, you know, this is the fun part of my day. This morning spent was spent doing corporate taxes. So my oh. corporate tax return. So I'm like, oh, 2.30, I can finish it. Yes. <laughs> and I got go. it Perfect. done. So there's, there's a couple things. One thing, we haven't even introduced uh, Janice yet. Well, let's but the you. second thing, okay. I see an incredible oh, yes. red package uh, okay, let's, let's wait about the red package. Janice, welcome to the boiling point. Um, <laughs> for, for, for the last two weeks, we've been talking uh, about how excited we are for this pizza to come. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. So well, thank God it came. Like, isn't the way we would have been? <laughs> we haven't eaten. So Janice, uh, we were told not to I eat told lunch. you to wait. Yeah. Janice's Pomodori uh, Pizzeria is the best pizza east of. Um, East in of the world. Italy. In the world. I better say east I'm going to say east of Italy. <laughs> All right? And uh, significant, and west as well because there's not too much exactly. in between. That's right. So, uh, Janice, welcome to the boiling point. 
why don't you give us a quick introduction as to who uh, you are and what Pomodori is all, is all about? Oh my goodness! Wow. Besides being and, a, and, and a, the global and, the global recognition and, too, she, I and she, I hear I've heard Janice and I don't know about still, but on the radio many times. So she's very professional, folks. So if she makes us sound really bad, <laughs> I'll try and do my ums and ahs like I do on the radio. <laughs> You come to and you got to come to Toastmasters. Toastmasters every Tuesday morning. We're doing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. too early for me. <laughs> <laughs> Over to you, Janice. Uh, Janice McPherson. I'm co-founder of Pomodori Pizzeria, which is a Neapolitan-style pizzeria in Rossi, New Brunswick, just outside of St. John. Uh, we've been in business now just over eight years. God help us. Uh, opened the business two months before the biggest recession that hit us in our generation. <laughs> um, have had lots of hurdles and uh, survived. Uh, my and, other and thrived, hats. Of, what's that? And thrived. And thrived. Now finally, finally thriving. <laughs> so, <laughs> took a few years. Um, I also work with the Wallace McCain Institute, helping other entrepreneurs around the region, uh, doing a variety of different programming, uh, moderation, facilitation. I was doing a feature on CBC Radio for four years, uh, every month, featuring an entrepreneur that was that, doing something really is that cool. Over now? It is over. It was so good. I'm I so know. disappointed. I, uh, it's a lot of work, though, wasn't it? It's a lot of work, and a lot of stuff changed at the institute, and that's where I was kind of doing that stuff out of, and uh, just the the projects evolved and changed, and things had to go away, and that unfortunately had to be one of them. I loved that gig, and uh, well, it's kind of like what we do here. It is, yeah. yeah. Well, because you're like, featuring all these cool things that are going on, yeah, right? Yeah, except much more polished and. Yeah, but remember our authentic self, Dave? That's because they give me questions to answer in advance. Who is? (laughs) They're prepared for me. No, no, we don't don't do that. We we, we bring you in (laughs) and and we see where the spirit leads us. But but, but I'll tell you some things. In my preparation for this interview... You ate lots of pizza. Well, no, and and actually before... I got to say this. Every time we give our kids options, and we live not far from Pomodoro, it's probably 1.5... 0.56 0.56 kilometers, according <laughs> to my GPS from from, from from Pomodori's, and my kids will just Pomodori. Dad, we got to go to Pomodori's. My kids and too. What yeah. I love about it, amongst the many things, is that when we go there, that everyone likes it, the whole family likes it. I didn't realize that you guys came eighth in the world. Like so, I learned that with yeah. my and. They serve picaroons. So for me, it's like the perfect of everything. Local right? beer. Picaroons yeah. goes really well with our pizza. I know. Yeah. It's one I of know. our, other than Moose Light, did, did you, picaroons did, are all the top sellers. Can we expect that in in the red bag? I didn't bring the picaroons. Oh, uh, Dave, I thought you were going to bring the picaroons. I know I was going to. Okay, so listen, before we go too far, much further, because the unfortunate part about our, our episodes is they are strictly confined because we go half hour, half hour, half hour. Um, I think we should open up the box pizza. <laughs> Why don't you do that while I ask, while okay, I ask yeah, Janice about this? That's a good idea. Sure, so, go ahead. So, and so, I brought a variety of pizzas that you may not have tried before. Oh, like they're cool. half and halves. So. so so before we get into that, so you you got into this eight years ago, but prior to that, I, I was reading about your work on the West Coast of Canada or Western, Western, yep. Western Interior province. BC. Interior BC, so it wasn't the West Coast. Um, and it was uh, running an ISP. Yeah. So I did not know that, and I thought – my goodness, like how, like, and, and, and everyone has these really interesting. How does one go backgrounds. to IT into food business? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. So, so tell us about that. And as Greg, op- oh my oh, goodness. Holy this looks cow. amazing. Yes. Uh, we have plates? Yeah, and we do need that answer. But before you do, yeah, you what, can't, she, she, what, Greg, they can't hear you, Greg. They can't smell. They can, they can hear me, they can't smell. Oh, okay. So, what, uh, before you answer the question, why don't you tell the audience and ask what we have here. This looks amazing. Yeah. So today I brought the guys um, a variety of pizzas, some of them that are really popular but uh, unique to some people. So we've got our chicken pesto and the al fresco, um, which is a pesto base. 
We have a maple pecan Bianca, which is on a Bianca, which people wouldn't necessarily know to try, but it's amazing. We have mucho barbecue, which is our barbecue chicken amped up with some mushrooms and bacon added to it. And the hot Italian, which is my favorite meat pizza. And which, which, which flavor do you want right now, Janice? I'll bring you up some. I'll have a chicken pesto, please. That's, okay. my, that's my ultimate favorite. Okay, here we go. Yeah, I, people can hear me chewing away here. <laughs> I'm eating chicken pasta. Right no, one's good. Goodness. Thank you. Okay, this is incredible. I I am so happy, and uh, <laughs> so how ISP as you get something? Yeah, if you just took a bite, we're gonna ask her a question. Mm -hmm. So running an ISP, um, which probably even in its that was kind of a pioneering thing probably at the time. It was it? yeah. Um, we started the company was called Net Idea, and we were actually in. Uh, resort programs. We went to Nelson, uh, BC. My husband was taking the ski resort management program, and I was taking a hotel and resort management program. And we had to do a practicum as part of that programming. And the jobs that were offered were like, you know, front desk agent or lifty or whatever. It was kind of like not what we wanted to do. And at the time, my husband was highly into technical. He was the tech support guy at UNB. You know, you'd go into the lab and he'd be one of those guys. Anyway, so we started this online bulletin board service. So this is the era pre-internet for anyone that's of age to understand what a BBS was, where com computers would dial into your computer to access information. And uh, so we created a bulletin board service that focused specifically on the ski industry. So we posted all the resorts, uh, you know, what runs were open and closed, Highway conditions, avalanche awareness, uh, you know, you know, where were the risk factors, what areas. and So all the resorts in the interior? In BC and Alberta. Right. Oh, Specifically, okay. we did all the, the two provinces, and we uh, so I sent a whole whack of, back of, whack of press releases out there, and we got a ton of publicity. We got news story and a couple in Europe and a couple in Ontario, and and it just kind of fed the the BBS, and we had computers dialing in from all over the world <laughs> into our little house in Nelson, BC. And it prompted a company in Vancouver to approach us saying, you know, would you, at the time, would you sell web pages for us to your resort clients and we're like well and you know it's now websites and whatever but um we said no but we needed internet access in the community we had no internet access at the time and there was a a really active uh group of innovators in nelson at the time that wanted to get internet access they didn't want to do it but they needed they wanted the access and uh so my husband keith and i and one of our teachers at the college Put a very, very. This is the smallest investment I've ever had to make. <laughs> it was very cheap to get in the internet in that back in that. We think we spent uh, six thousand dollars to get up and running, and we had an eight foot by eight foot office with all the modems on a bookshelf, and started offering internet service by getting access through this Vancouver company for a, a pipeline to the internet at the time. That was ninety five. Wow. Who was the Vancouver company? Oh, I don't even remember the name of them now. We used uh, iStar and Fonarola were our two major pipeline companies way back. So we were offering internet access four years before the telephone companies were. And did that lead to um, an acquisition at all, Janice? Or did, or did you guys evolve the company into a, a point where you came back home and started rocking pizza? It's still actually active today, the company. <laughs> rocking pizza. <laughs> rocking pizza. So I've moved on and Keith's moved on, um, but we actually transitioned the company to our system administrator about uh, eight years ago as we were getting into Pomodori. Um, yeah, so we never did any acquisition. We were in a small town area, so it was not like we were uh, in an area like Kelowna or Vancouver where TELUS or BC Tel at the time would right. want to buy. Um, but we did. We had 
crazy growth. It was like you, the ISP was beautiful originally because it was like a utility. You would get the monthly fee from the subscriber. You knew that subscriber was paying every month. It was a really nice thing. It's not so like pizza where it's like, who feels like pizza today? It's a very different business, yeah. right? Yeah. I, although I would go on a monthly retainer for pizza if you guys offered that. <laughs> That'd be a big bill. Well, it might. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, because we go there all the time anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you take advantage of the CASA, our loyalty rewards program. Yeah, uh, like what do they ask my phone number? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, sometimes I go in and I get a free pizza. Yeah, and the um, the thing I love is when we go to Pomodoro's, we always get an extra like flatbread with the hummus. You know. Yes. <laughs> oh, the penne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It was that good. The problem is. This is so good, this pizza. I'm crying. Um, you're I eat, apologize. You're, you're I'm eat, having a hard time bringing up good you're, questions you're, here you're eating, it's so good. You're eating too quickly. So how did you get in? So from ISB to Pomodori's, like that's a that's a serious change. That's completely different. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. How, did we, that, how did that happen? When we were pregnant with our second child, we decided to move home. And we worked remotely for our ISP out west. So we'd be on the four-hour time differential. So we'd be available early mornings and our staff would be available, you know, late into our what East Coast evenings, basically. And uh, for four years, we did that. Um, but having the ISP and, and having an office and working in that environment, we ate out a lot. <laughs> we ate lunches out a lot and we complained a lot. We complained about the service or the food that we were getting. And at one point... There was there was three partners in the in the company originally uh, for Pomodori, and uh, you know we sat around the t- the lunch going you know we either we either got to put up or shut up, you know and so we just did we started looking at what opportunities would be in the restaurant business. We first tried uh, bagels because I have a killer Montreal style bagel recipe, but then we discovered the labor intensity for the dollar value you get <laughs> was not there. And we were great, you know, Ellie Olajuwon, who's my neighbor, who owns Mother Nature's Pita, he offered, let us come in and tested that in his in his space. We had the big facility and we had the big batch. And um, yeah, we were like, yeah, that's way too much work for the dollar you're going to get on return. And, uh, and then we started playing with the idea of pizza. And our partner at the time, Stephen Goddard, he was feeding us at night, like on weekends, he'd feed us these margarita pizzas. And he had told us about the story about this sauce coming from this guy in Italy that he'd learned to make this sauce from this gentleman. And that's what we started our margarita with. That was the baseline for Pomodori. Uh, Pomodori is actually tomatoes in Italian. So it's all based on the sauce that Stephen originally started serving us. And we've evolved that sauce a little bit. And we've evolved the, the dough to make it the way we need it to be in, for Pomodori for the proofing and that kind of thing. Um, but we really fell into it by complaining initially. Well, there's something really interesting as well. Dave, I don't know if you remember this connection, but we had Steve on the boiling point. You did. He's now with Resilia. Well, I was remember, wondering. He, he was the guy yeah. that tried to trick us yes. by trying to put us in an awkward position by making us try to guess what his product was. It's hard to tell by the look of it. Well, I, I thought it was a, what did I say? I, when I first saw it, I was like, <laughs> sort of a, anyway, I can't, oh, no, like a sucky. You know, oh, like a soother, a soother, yeah. uh, and, Dave, and then we realized it was uh, the other end of the uh, spectrum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. People <laughs> have to go back to listen to that one. Yeah. So, um, so there was a there was a need that you guys wanted to fill in the market, and um, and and the other thing is, like maybe you can describe when someone walks through the door what they experience, like kind of what the atmosphere is like. And, you know, you guys have recently changed it. And, yeah. and it's just, anyways, it's quite a, I think it's a neat experience. I think that's part of what the, my kids like 
Yeah. Reason they like go in there. So why don't you well, tell the, the listeners the what great, like we we created a really great product back in two thousand and eight, and spent too much money having to renovate the space to do what we wanted to make the look and feel that we wanted to match the product. And one of my biggest things is that we wanted to. I've always loved wood fired pizza and you know Neapolitan style pizza, but it's always usually served in a full service environment. So one of the things we wanted was to make it really easily accessible for kids, you know, kids and families with young kids to not feel pressured to have them behave absolutely perfectly in a restaurant environment. So Pomodori is actually a quick service style restaurant. So we're evolving the original fast food, which was pizza, into the, the newest style of fast food, which is Neapolitan style pizza in a wood fired oven. Um, and you go to a counter, you're like, it's like McDonald's, you go up to the counter, you place your order, you pay in advance. If you feel like it, you can watch pizzas getting made because it's all open concept. But we've now, in 2014, we renovated it to make it feel and look the way we wanted it to. So now it's really awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh. Listen, I know, I know, you're thinking, making me look bad here, you guys. It's so, it's so good. Here's, for me, I started coughing because I didn't expect the spice. <laughs> oh, I'm the hot Italian. I, I had I had uh, one of those peppers. <laughs> um, yeah. So honestly, people, this is uh, I'm, there's a party in my mouth right now. Um, can we talk about how you ended up launching into a competition that gave you global accolades about your pizza? Oh yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so we opened in 2008. We opened that June 2008, and we concocted the. I guess the decision, there's an annual World Pizza Championships held in, in Italy. And uh, so Stephen and Keith tested and adapted our sauce recipe. So there's a whole bunch of different categories at the Italian Pizza Championships. You can enter whatever category. So we actually entered five different categories when we went over there. And one was the, you know, the speed of dough stretching. Like you can actually have to stretch five dough in a certain amount of time. So Keith did that category. We had a feature pizza, uh, mushroom marsala, has no cheese at all, but it's really creamy. We put that in as, you know, a unique style pizza that we got a, we had a, it was in one of the Canadian uh, restaurant magazines. We got chosen for that particular pizza. So we chose those and we decided to try the margarita pizza. And the margarita pizza category is actually, there's actually a rule book in Italy with regard to how your margarita pizza has to be. Um, but that goes back from the dough to the sauce to the basil and all of that. But we entered that category. And uh, yeah, so we were only behind, I think we came in eighth. So we were only behind six Italians and one Australian was ahead of us in seventh place. And we took eighth place in that. And it just, you know, I mean, it was a lot of work on their part, but they took our sauce. Like they made the sauce and traveled Italy in a cooler with the sauce. Oh, that's, how, that's how it went. <laughs> that's how it went. Okay. So it wasn't you going there and doing a competition. It no, was... we competed over there. Like they actually okay, made the pizzas too. that day, okay, got it. but our sauce was made on site so that it was our sauce and, and basically transported. Moosehead sponsored us on that trip. So, cool. we, you know, with t-shirts and stuff that we made, raised some money and they gave us this awesome stainless steel cooler that we took over and it had the big moose head on it. And, nice. And so Stephen and Keith carried that all over Italy with them when they were there. I was stuck in the restaurant and we got slammed <laughs> that month in the we restaurant. We should have been making a film about that. <laughs> that would have been really good. That was, that was before imagine I thought that. Imagine that Greg be. wanting to make a film, you know? <laughs> imagine? That would yeah, be, that would have been cool. Uh, you know, the problem is I'm is we're inhaling and talking at the same time, and that's, that's what's that's causing... That's why we both coughed. <laughs> coughing but poor issues. Janice hasn't coughed or inhaled because she's not She's not eating. She's talking no, she's, too much. Well, You're asking me all the questions. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> so the other cool thing is that I've noticed is, um, is, is I, and I believe it's intentional, I've never actually asked you about or talked to you about this, sure. is, well, there's two things. One is, I believe a former guest of our 
one of our first interviewees was responsible for your makeover. Uh, like the, the new look? The new look? No, not yeah. your personal makeover, yeah. your uh, <laughs> yeah, the Pomodoro makeover. The <laughs> Judith, right? Yeah. So Judith Mackin yeah. did a fabulous job. So shout out to her on that because it's a really cool new look. And um, no, but the other thing I was going to say is that this is a staff. Is it's these like really happy kids. Like I mean, by kids, I mean teenagers, you yeah. know, kind of like, um, you know, mid to late teen to maybe early 20s at the most, you know. And I find they're just so nice, so polite, just really helpful. Um, and, you know, and I was just thinking, how, how does how do they find these these great kids? To, and I'm, when I say kids, I mean, I mean teenagers. You yeah. Know? I, I honestly think Pomodoro is, the, Pomodoro is probably the cool place to work when you're in high school. And I've actually, I hire a little bit less every year of high school students just because they are so overscheduled. But the ones that we do hire, they are great. Like, you know, every, you know they are, they're learning and we hire them early. Like if you come to me in grade 12, I probably won't hire you. But if you come to me in grade 10 or 11, I will. Because I want to be able, because it's not like you're going and learning how to scan something at a cash register. These kids are learning real food prep skills for life, right? Yeah. And learning how to make, make a meal. So they can go home, you know, and when they go to university, they're going to be able to feed themselves and they'll know how to feed themselves well, thanks to Pomodori. But I think the biggest thing is that since we opened, you know, my kids were in the uh, end of elementary school when we opened Pomodori. So now my, both my kids are now in high school and and over these eight years, I, I'm now hiring my, my niece works for us. We have friends whose, whose kids are now working for us. And there's been this evolution the last five years, especially where we're hiring kids of friends of ours so we know those kids we know how good they are and uh and they do want to make sure that pomodori is so great if our kids can't get hired (laughs) this could be a test yeah there's a test if they if they can't make it through the screening process it's there's something wrong with i've got people in elementary school already telling me they want to work at pomodori well i'm thinking i'm going to mention this to liam and bryn because i i (laughs) guarantee i'll say come on you got to start watching how this is done you guys (laughs) well it's interesting the um um, the marina down the street from my place yes. on the west side, they just did a, a, a renovation. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, and a lot of their staff are super engaged, super friendly. As it turns out, they're all family friends of, of the owners. So it's really something there because it's a sense of pride to work mm-hmm. for family or fa- fa- friends of family. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really neat approach. And you're, I, I've also heard that it's a, really good place for young people to start working because it's not just a fast food place like it's like right. there, there's a well, diff- we give them full autonomy so i mean our goal for for keith and i is to not be in the restaurant because if we can't if we have to be in the restaurant then we can't expand right so we have to prove a model where we have to rely on young shift managers to be able to run the restaurant on their own and uh whether successfully or not but they can contact us anytime but we don't have to physically be there so go ahead no, sorry. Oh, okay. I was going to ask questions a sec. Um, so anyway, these young there's a lot of restaurants where with wood fired especially because it's a tricky, tricky skill to be able to cook in a wood fired oven because we're cooking at a thousand degrees in there, and so you'll see probably when you go in, you know, there's certain people that will always do oven because they're best on oven, especially during peak periods. Like Keith could manage six to seven pizzas at a time, but most of our staff will manage four to five at a time because you're rotating. You know, those pizzas should be done in ninety seconds, right? So if you have five, you're constantly moving, right? Um, but the high school shift managers, the ones that we hire, you know, grade 11, grade 12, they're responsible for the entire restaurant. And we give them that responsibility. And that just gives them total, you know, improves their confidence, right, to move forward. What a great skill for the yeah. kids, eh? Yeah. yeah. Um, 
so you, you mentioned, you know, we, we need to prove this model out or, or something to that degree. Yeah. So that would imply there's going to be some sort of scaling or something coming in the future or, or is already happening? Well, no, that's the plan. That is, so that's what, always so, been so, the plan. So what can you tell us about that? Well, there's not much to tell on that. I mean, we are always <laughs> assessing opportunities and we've been approached numerous times. But like I said in the beginning, like we opened literally two months before the recession hit and that really impacted us for five years. So we're now we're now a profitable restaurant. We have been for a couple of years, but again, we have to build up that cash flow in order to expand because we know how much it's going to cost to open number two. And do you see it as do you, what are your what are your thoughts around expansion? Is it a bunch of corporately owned stores? Are you thinking of franchising? Like what's what are the, what's the thinking? We've gone back and forth. I've actually you know we've you know we've trademarked the name. We're going through the process to make it. You know, I have all the documentation kind of ready to go. Should we franchise? Um, but is, is that, again, that we need money to, to do the franchise as well, to be on that franchise, or that's another cost we have to consider. Um, we've also looked at, do we just expand regionally with more Pomodori or a variety of different concepts? Because we love the area we're in, and we know what we have available, and there's a lot of room for improvement for good fast food. Yeah, well, another piece of it is, I mean, and it shouldn't be a surprise to listeners, but at the end of the experience, you know, I don't think we have here is that you can go over and there's all this gelato, right? <laughs> uh, I didn't bring that today either. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and then, and that's the other piece the kids really like is like, Dad, can we have some gelato? You know, it's, and they never order up front. They always know what, the, what when to, when to, but, um, but that's, that's, a, that's an Italian thing, I guess. And right. is that, is that common to see that kind of combination? Well, I don't think in Italy you'd actually see it. You'll actually see gelaterias and, and pizzerias by themselves. By themselves. Right. Um, but for us, we wanted a dessert option. I mean, we were already... Pushing, I think, pushing the boundaries by having such a limited menu from most other restaurants. Like when we opened, we did literally pizza and gelato. We added salads, I think, sometime in that first year. But that's still all we do. So, you know, you want to be able to give people something sweet at the end of their meal. And gelato is a perfect fit for us. And we make our own custard from scratch, too. So our case may look, you know, like I say, a variety of, you know, cream to chocolate. (laughs) Um, But it's because we're not putting any weird colorants in our food either. So. Yeah, and the uh, I've always just loved that concept of you know people do need convenience in fast food, yeah. <clears throat> but why did it have to take this turn to being so bad for you? And um, what you're doing is you're part of this movement to say you know fast food can be healthy, it can be locally sourced, it can be uh, good for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? and, yeah. Uh, but like I just think about the, all all the drive-throughs that so many people unfortunately their lives are at that point where they're just gonna grab and run. You're able to service them in, yeah. to a really great degree and and give them better options. Why do you think we're we're not seeing more, like let's say the quote unquote McDonald's format, uh, but of good healthy food? I've always wondered. You that. know what? I think we're not seeing more here. Right. I think there's a lot of really cool concepts coming up, and and especially with, like the food truck movement was a big thing, right? But again, we're so small geographically in this area that it'd be hard for anyone that's looking to franchise, let's say, a really good healthy fast food option to come here like it maybe in five years right so that's why we thought well you know what can we do as different opportunities here to to give more you know offers out there um like freshy as an example in moncton that's where we will go for our lunch in between softball games in the summer because it's a great fast food it's quick and healthy as all get out um but again it's not that busy which you wish it would be more busy um 
And for us, you know, on a busy Friday night, it's not necessarily fast food. You're still waiting 20 or 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. When we're when we're slammed, we're slammed, and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, but well, when you're not, it's five minutes. Yeah. Friday night, pick runes comes really quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I'm three Enter minutes, that. maybe? <laughs> <laughs> um, Janice, we... Uh, yeah, we're coming to the end of our of our session here, but um, thank you so much for bringing it in. Like, legitimately, thank you. You you said in your email not to eat lunch, and I didn't. <laughs> um, and so, not only did it hit the spot, but I am sincere. It is the best pizza I've ever had, and I've eaten a lot of Italian pizza in Italy. Uh, I lived there for a little bit, and uh, I'm blushing here. That's awesome. <laughs> um, it is phenomenal, and that's all I can say. So, for the people who don't live here in New Brunswick. Um, it's uh, it's totally relevant because uh, this is going to be your tourist uh, magnet to come to St. John, New Brunswick, Rossi, New Brunswick, is this pizza. Every traveler needs a reason to go or an excuse to go somewhere. And if you've been thinking about traveling to the Maritimes, stop in St. John and Rossi, New Brunswick and go to Pomodori's. It's worth it, it's worth making an epic journey for. <laughs> it totally is. It is. I agree. And it, before I, we let you go, can you tell us again what are the, what's this? this I one love right the maple. Uh, the, the one with the artichokes. Yeah, that, that is, was the al fresco. Oh my goodness! That, that's my favorite pizza you've ever made, and that's when I mentioned in, in yeah. the email. It was a, it was a special it, of the I, week. This was this I've was me and that. Lisa Rablick who owns Wicked Ideas yeah, over at a softball tournament, for, and we were having dinner after the tournament day, and she's like, oh. And she said, I'd really like artichokes. I said, well, what, do you, what would you do with artichokes? And we started listing off. She started going on what, what she'd like to have on that pizza. I said, I will do a feature pizza for that. And so she was able to check off the bucket list as I made, <laughs> I is this, made is this a, a pizza regular feature pizza. now, forever? We added it to the regular menu <laughs> like, in uh, September. Yeah. It is so good. Yeah. Not, not to put any pressure on you, but Wendy, whose last name I always struggle with. Papadopoulos? Who I was with last night, by the way. Who's who came in and she spoke and she brought her product, yes. right? Beer. Yeah. And then and then beer. And then she said, geez, I should you know, we should make a boiling point brew. Yes. Well, I'm just wondering about pizza. Like what? Would, oh, oh, you guys. Oh, let's do that. Spicy. Spicy. Or we'll we'll see. And we can do the same thing. We can put a survey we, out there. Yes. Yeah, we can get our, our listeners do that. to uh, actually help us design the pizza and then we'll have a big party at, at the place yep. to announce it. I so think that's a great idea. Some, you put some thought into that. Oh yeah, I'd love to do that. Okay. Absolutely. Cool. Awesome. Boiling point thank, pizza. Thank you so much, Janice, for coming <laughs> thank in. Thank you, Janice. Awesome. Oh, thanks for having me. Did you, are you going to uh, leave this here? Us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because we got the like kid, five the kids will love this. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thanks, everybody, for listening to The Boiling Point, And thank you, Janice, for feeding us. We love you. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.